You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Got my cough drop in, I'm ready. Oh, all I did is went to Mexico and got a new mug. Isn't that perfect? Uh, tell us about it. Tell us about what? The trip. coffee. It's really warm. <laughs> the Fun trip. Color. The trip. It looks like oh, the uh, trip Mexico. Was great. You guys were kind of with me, so it's kind of fun. I know. I still, I like I said the last time we talked about it that Harry's is fantastic down there. I can't say enough nice things. You can even yelp them from the states here and see, and it's just it's a whole different experience. It's like you know the local steakhouses are fantastic here, and they have all their processes and whatever. But you have one waiter and maybe one backup, you know, busboy kind of a thing. In Mexico, this Harry's has like eight people dedicated to your table, so. You get up to go off to the bathroom. They fold your towels. They wipe your area down. They fill up your water. So when you come back, it's all ready. They polish your silverware. I mean, they have people just literally standing. It's unbelievable service. Uh, Andy, that's a bus person. You can't say bus boy anymore. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, uh, I really appreciate you bringing me into the modern welcome. era here, Chris. You're, You're welcome. You're very welcome. Andy, the crazy part is those people doing that are probably making maybe $1,000 a month and they're working seven days a week, 12 hours a, a day. And it's well, I heard, I heard the minimum wage still in, in, in uh, the minimum resort pay is like still like $28 a day in Mexico. So some of those people are working. Yep. And they're getting bussed in from Veracruz or an hour away from Cancun to work. And then, you know what? Here's what's funny, guys. Like this, uh, this guy that we had, Luis, that was by the pool, he was so happy and just excited to be there. And he goes, look at my job. He goes, I get to serve drinks to beautiful people that are happy on vacation. He goes, what a great job. Now, the landscaper that's wheelbarrowing the crap up the, up the slope, getting the seaweed off the beach, they, they deserve way more money than that. Tips. It's the tips, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, just comparing it to... Comparing it to the service, at least from what I've heard about uh, going back on the States from you guys, and you go to the third world and these people are working for a tenth of what uh, the people in the States are working for and they're doing it with a smile. It really is uh, a shock for sure. They're close to the water too. I think that makes a difference. I think it's all part of it. It's all part of that. Well, you know, and, and if you're used to making, you know, a certain amount of money, you've made your whole career and then now you're making even a little bit more and a little bit more. And I mean, why wouldn't you be happy, right? It's like just a different scale of numbers. And I, I mean, it's not like you saw anybody with a hole in their shirt or something. I mean, you know, these guys and gals that are there, they look and act professional. They, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I could, I could see the, uh, they had that, um, they, they were enjoying what they were doing. I don't, I don't feel like I had anybody working there that was, you know, just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here again. You know? Yeah. Were, were you selling houses from Mexico? Yeah, I, I picked up a couple of listings when I was gone, which was nice. But okay. I'll tell you, man, people are, I feel sorry for people. You know, right now, I'm seeing a ton of the potential sellers 
that are really getting freaked out. They're, they're like, they're seeing what's happening in the media. They're concerned about things. They think there's, you know, a housing crash is imminent. They think there's this, that. And so people are kind of pausing, just kind of waiting to, to have things settle down. And, you know, contrary to that, I would say that right now, um, it's a great time to sell, no doubt. I mean, I think that you've got equities here that, you know, will be as good, if not better than they are potentially over the next 12 months. You know, it'll be probably flat. You know what I mean? Um, and then they'll start picking up again after that, but it's not going to be huge pickup. Um, they're not talking about like these 20% dramatic increases. So you might've gotten the, all the gas out of that tank. So it's okay to sell it and reinvest somewhere where you're going to have more gas. And again, where, or, or more appreciation, I guess is a better way to say it. So if you've kind of sucked all the appreciation out of this property or rode the wave up, now reinvest into something again that you can ride it up again. And, you know, the right location, the right lot, the, maybe the right lake, the right floor plans, you know, um, I think I think that's and it can be totally done. It just take a breath, take a look, you know, hire the right people and and get it done. Do you also think people looking at this world are also saying, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy something because all the outside noise is horrible. And I just want to enjoy something and, and get exactly what I want and and take it on kind of like they did. I mean, really, like they did during COVID. Right. Well, let's say you're 65 years old, okay? And you have worked your whole career, your whole life, and now you're 65 and your dream has always been to wake up and throw a line off the dock or go fishing every morning. And you're now you decide, hey, I'm going to hold off. I'm not I'm actually I'm not going to make my move now. I'm going to wait another 4 or 5 years and now you're 70. And then you're 75 and then you're 80. And all of a sudden you just gave up your whole retirement years, your golden years of being retired. I think what I would do differently is maybe adjust the plan so that it is affordable, so that you're not in harm's way. We make a plan that's strategic. And then, you know, if you have to borrow money, I'm telling you, it, every indication we're seeing right now is showing that rates will be more affordable potentially in the near future. So even if you had to secure a higher rate of financing today, and you, you but you can afford it, so it's not a problem. And then down the road, all of a sudden that gets softer for you to refinance. And now you got a couple extra hundred bucks a month to play with to buy more fishing lures. Mm-hmm. And because remember, you're not getting any younger. And sometimes that train's still chugging down the tracks towards the end of your life. And it's not going to stop for you just because the economy's bad. So anyway. Yeah, I think too that the people that have em- embraced what you're just talking about are the ones that are, are out there buying. But yep. there's a lot of them that, hey, I'm going to double, I'm going to double my output if I go move. You yep. know, I'm at six percent, I'll get six. I was at I'm at three. You know, that's a big step for a lot of people and, and thus low inventory. And you know what? Thank God that's happening because that's keeping our real estate market good. Well, you know, Chris, the other thing is, is not to, not to talk reality or, or give somebody a slap across the face. But so if you're 65 years old and you're running a lake property, right? How many years are you going to actually be able to stay? There? So most people in their heads think, well, if I live here for 30 more years, I don't know if I'll be able to afford the taxes. But when you're 90 years old, do you really want to be still living on the lake? And raking the beach and doing, you at that point might say, you know what, I'm doing the senior living thing. I'll visit the park on the lake when I want to go to the lake, you know, or whatever. Maybe because everybody's demeanor and, and whole disposition changes as you age. But when you're your young spry retired years, you want to be doing the activities you want to do. That's when you travel. That's when you do all the fun stuff. So I, I just feel like there's a lot of baby boomers sitting on the sidelines too, just like waiting for something that may not ever happen. And And I just, I don't know how. But I would love to help them walk through that journey because, man, live your life and 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 let's get you moving. Exactly. Go to go to Mexico, 
in the middle of the busiest real estate market ever? I mean, why wouldn't you? You know what? The, you enjoy I'm yourself. I'm coming through that screen after you, boy. Oh, that's a good thing. That's smart. That's what yeah. you should be doing. Well, yeah, I mean, you you gotta you gotta play. If, if you're playing hard, you gotta you know play or play hard. I, I should be in Brazil for gosh sakes. I know. I mean, why why are we not doing a Brazil episode, Nick? We might have to go out there, Andy. You know, we'd get arrested within minutes or kidnapped, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll keep you safe. I've been in the favelas recently, so I got the the connections. Oh, do you? Oh yeah. boy. Yeah, we'd I'm have a good to go something. What's a favela? Favela. It's what when you think of Brazil, the housing, that's what the favela is. Everything is stacked on top of each other, like super packed. And uh, that's what the favela is. But only, I think, 20 or 30% of the population lives in them, maybe more. Really? Which we might call like a slum area. Is that what we're saying? But like stacked on top of each other. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wicked. It's slum on top of slum. Well, you remember, yeah, but Nick, you were talking like Italy, where you'd have the, the proprietor on the top level and grandma and grandpa and like the, the kids. And then on the main floor, they have a store. And, you know, kind of, I, God, I love that concept. Oh, that was really nice. I like that in Italy. Everyone, like the, the old grandma would cook some food and then send it out the window and put it down on a rope and then they would eat. And <laughs> it was, uh, it's pretty cool. But That's the favelas, the favela is surprising. Like they actually have some really nice things in the favela. I was seeing like Mini Coopers and really nice bikes, and and I guess inside too, like um, a couple of them are like luxurious looking. And then of course, like in Rio, where I was recently, it's like million dollar views, some of the most beautiful views in the world. So I'm like, I can see why some people, you know, stay here, and and it's safe. In the favela is safe because they all know each other. It's a community. They just go outside the favela and and take from other people and bring it back. What about creating a, a concept like that, Andy, around here? I mean, think about that. Getting that multi-generational and actually putting them all kind of together because... I think, I think we talked about this before. It's called Rooneyville. Well, but yeah, but this is the add-on to Rooneyville. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's an add-on. Because what I didn't think about, which I just thought about now, was the fact that I think some of the older people, you know, rather than just, hey... <coughs> I got to do the cooking and I've got to uh, watch the little kids. If you put them around other people their age, I mean, they, they have a lot of things to do as well. And so now you've just made it even better and, and taking the burden off maybe some of the, the younger people, whether it's their kid or their grandchildren as well, that they don't feel like they have to be there the whole time with them. We're, Chris, weren't you and I together when we saw that, that uh, guy from the Twin Cities that wrote that book called The Blue Zone? I can't remember. Yeah, and he, we're talking about all the the people that are centurion, you know, hundred year plus living, longest living uh, people on earth, and there's communities around the world that that have this. And so, what was interesting amongst all these communities, Chris, was that the the uh, let's call them the elderly, the older elders of the group, they always had a job. There wasn't. You're not like oh, I'm like in the U.S. Most I think it was ten of the top twenty did not have a transferable or uh, a word that would um, um, translate to retired. And so, or retirement. Mm. And so they would just, they wouldn't do their day job anymore. Not, grandma took, you know, care of the grandkids. Or the, the younger generation's off working all day. They come home, mom has dinner ready for the whole family. 
and there's a sense of community. Um, and it was a really wonderful concept. Whoever gets kind of retired, go off and retire now. And, and you know, I don't want but a lot of people are lonely when they retire, you know, and it's like, you get to where anymore, you don't have a sense of purpose and people get kind of depressed. And it's like, how cool it'd be to have kind of your own little, you know, network that you're plugged into and you're important to that network and you every day contribute to that network. I think it'd be great. I think that's the thing. I mean, we're, we're finding that right now with my uh, mom being in a, mm-hmm. in, in, it's in a, it's over 55 living, but she's, um, you know, maybe not participating as much in there. And if she didn't have us coming over there and, and talking and bringing her and, and doing stuff, I mean, just sit there all day. And that's just, uh, I think that's just sad because I've, I've seen that a lot walking around there, you know, where people, I mean, don't, won't visit as much. They're busy everyday life. So, yeah, I think that could be really neat. And, you got to make it easy. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's a lot easier if you come home and mom's there than yeah. driving across town in rush hour to go see her. So it, you're right. And it, it it's a, uh, I, I don't know, I, we're kind of going off the topic of real estate, but I think it's important to make a plan like that. Because, you know, Chris, you and I are going to be living together when we're old. It'll be the odd couple. And it'll be two grumpy old men in an apartment somewhere. It will be like, we'll be on the same screen and we'll be like, okay, your turn. You talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, and okay. the funny part will be that the cameras won't even be on, but we'll be so delusional that we'll think they're on. <laughs> They'll have... They'll AI. They'll have us when we're young. Okay, as of May first, if you have a six hundred eighty plus credit score, with fifteen twenty percent down, you will see a higher mortgage rate to subsidize higher risk buyers. I, we've all been hearing about it. I haven't. Oh, oh boy, we got we got some. Uh, we, we got can I some can I start proof. the can I Chris can I start the uh, conversation with what a bunch of idiots? Yeah. I mean, holy crap. We didn't do this before, did we, Andy? We ever hear? Yeah, we've never. Hey, yeah, let's put all of our eggs into the low-end basket where people have proven that they don't want to pay their mortgages and invest into that part of the market and give them a chance. They've already given a chance. It's kind of like the, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's why you can rebuild your credit. But once you've rebuilt your credit, you usually have earned it and then you, you will keep it. And most people don't give it away again. So they take good care of their credit. Now, I don't know why this is being done. I think the discount should be given to the the, the 800 credit score people like they should be. Um, but they just want to lend more money. So this is their attempt at lending more quantity of money. And so they have to pay for these guys over here. Kind of like taxes or whatever else, right? Yeah. And it's, it sounds like it's kind of on, on the backside, but you'll end up, I mean, paying for it in the rate because the lenders have to price it in the rate to be able to get paid. So either one or two things will happen. They'll, they'll price it higher like that. They'll figure out other programs to be able to combat it. Or the loan officers just, are just going to eat it. That's what will happen. It's going to be one of the two. So you know what I'm you know what I'm saying, Chris? Go back to hard money lenders. Private yeah. investors right now, guys, as rates are ridiculously high. And they're these crazy term private money out there. There are billions of dollars out there that could be lent in this marketplace. And the right people will get great rates. So if the banks and the feds want to play games, which it's time getting ready to really have 
have fun with. I, I think Andy I too. That for you, just impressed. You know, it's it's legitimate now. Now, I mean, to be able to lend at, at these rates, uh, straight up, it's not even a hard money lender anymore. It becomes a person that hey, I'm going to make six to seven percent on my money. Why went? Why went? I want to do that. A lot of people would would grab that. So where it was before, sell, you know, sell your existing you, house and move. Oh. Yeah. Mr. Prasky is going in and out. Uh, I don't know. You're, you do look good every time you're. you're, you're well, I think it's Nick. Who is it? Who's the problem? Andy. Andy's again. You yep. Shut it. You shut it. I'll come to Brazil and zip it. <laughs> All right, hold this. on. Maybe somebody disconnected me. Hang on. No worries. Hey, we'll play a commercial here and get into some fun stuff. Social media reacts. Andy. Um, Use your use your home phone and dial in right now, and see if you can get that internet signal. See, exactly. <laughs> it's brought to you by Chris Ring Home Experts. Here we go. Get get it fixed, Danny. We'll be good. <laughs> I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I found He's back. Just so you guys know, I'm I'm connected. Oh, good. I'm plugged into an Ethernet. Oh boy, I have an 850 credit score. Best I can do is higher mortgage payments. Yeah, and that's the truth. That plays right off of what we were just talking about. Which well, is- you know, and there were, I just I just was at a lender deal yesterday where they were talking about this, and they were saying that they have they're trying to remove some of the fees to keep the mortgage payments affordable for people with with lower credit scores. And I go, but they haven't earned it. That that's and and the the funny is the lenders, even the lenders are going, yep, here we go again. Yep. Weird. All of a sudden, we'll have a housing crisis in two years because of this. And it's like, I just can't believe how silly they are. It's called it's called votes. Anyways, trying to pretend like they are helping people when they're never helping. No one's helping people. Okay, what do we got here? I love your dancing videos. Definitely buy a house from you when I turn eighteen. It's free business. Video is the best way to engage clients. This is why your dad and I got divorced. <laughs> there's, there's. Okay, you get the. It's like a cope for like the real estate agent, the older person starting to do the TikToks and dancing around, and it's funny. Oh my God. So you see, you see the guy's face. So he's acting like he's kind of happy on the outside, but deep inside, he's like, he's "What am I doing?" Frustrated. Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> it just reminds me of. I was at uh, dueling pianos. Have you ever been to one, Andy? Yeah, they're fantastic. I mean, they're hilarious. And I was at one, and I just, I just watching. I mean, sorry, but all these middle-aged women dancing and trying to act like they're eighteen years old. And I was, I was Andy. I was stone sober, and I was just watching. And I'm just like, what is going on? I mean, come on. So that's maybe part of that meme. So 
that reminded me of. Well, then you and I went to this that. New York, trouble. New York. Wasn't there one in that uh, New York, New York we went to um, when we were in Vegas? Did we do it? years ago? Did we do a dueling piano? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, I wouldn't. Vegas would be vague for me. So, not you. Hey, but let's give some advice, though, because obviously that is a great way to find new customers. I mean, some of these pages that post these memes or the dances are making, you know, a ton of money. How can you do it with some integrity and not uh, get depressed about it? I think you got to do be who you are. I mean, if, if you are who you are and, and, and you do that, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's trying to be someone you're not is where it just doesn't it's not authentic. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't come across good. And it's something that you probably won't keep doing. I, I think it's funny. I watch it all the time on social media there where you all of a sudden see, okay, these, this person's trying to do something different. They're, oh, they're doing videos and this is the way they're going with it. And um, it's just, it's more forced than natural. And I think yeah. the more natural it is, I don't care if you're, if Andy's, you know, dancing around and flip-flops in a tutu, you know, it's, if it's him and that's what he wants to do, it'll, it'll work for him. That is so right on my money. Yeah. Um, the, uh, no, I think I agree with that. I think that there's ways that, you know, there, I think, I don't think everybody could put out a TV show about their lives because then nobody would have time to watch anything. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a little bit of that going on in my brain where I'm like, who cares what a, a, a real estate agent does now when somebody is looking to hire a real estate agent, consuming that content might be kind of interesting to see, Hey, Here's a day in the life of why a realtor does, but I don't know if you need to put out a video every other day, but you know, if you have it on your reel or you have it on your, you know, your YouTube or whatever you have and um, might be interesting. Yeah. I kind of got an example of that. I mean, I, I think that was a lot like when you and I started in the radio, mm -hmm. that me alone or you alone probably wouldn't have worked that great, but we kind of, we're, we, we think alike, but we also think really different. And I think bringing those two together, I mean, what do you the think ability... the pinnacle? What do you think the pinnacle conversation was for you and I on radio uh, that that everybody looks back to and laughs at? The pinnacle? I don't know. Oh, you do too. You were you were you were basically really selling hard, like a three million dollar listing you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and yes, I do know. <laughs> he was Chris was. And, and by the way, my client was listening. On yeah, the, the client's listening. He's he's on there doing the old. And then on the lakeshore, there's 300 feet of lakeshore and sandy bottom beaches and whatever. And, and he goes, so that's all available right now for 2.9 whatever million. And I go, God, that's a lot of money for a house with wheels on it. <laughs> and oh, my God. Dan Wong, the, the narrator of the show, almost <laughs> fell over. It was, it was funny. It was funny. You had to be there, but it was. Well, um, well, the other part was, is we we never really talked much about listings. There was one oh. that just kind of came up, and yeah, you do, and you threw that out there, basically referring to my listings as like a trailer court. That's where my stuff would be sold in. So. Three million dollar trailer court. Yeah, exactly. And the only comment I have is I've been doing content for a while. Is a lot of the times. <laughs> It, you suck at the start or it, it doesn't look natural, but then you find your, your natural ability as right. it goes on. So what do you say about that? Absolutely. Gosh, you're better. You're a better person than most people. If you keep going and try to and find your way, I mean, really, I think that's, I think it's great. I, I chuckle a lot at different ones that people put out there. 
But yeah. I also kind of, it, it's kind of like you can't give two messages either, you know. It's like, oh, I'm this happy, great person. And then, you know, you're on the, on the next thing is, you know, please, please, please pray for me. You know, I've, uh, I broke a nail or I, you know, I stubbed my toe or what? I mean, so you got to kind of stick to the, the theme. So I'm going to get in trouble this time. This, this is not good. Okay, B, there's no way they'll accept this offer or even counter. I'll submit it. But if you really want this house, I suggest you change your offer. And my clients. Okay, Nick, you got to explain again to us. I mean, we're a little slow. You're on mute. Oh. It says, I can, go I, can go, I can go lower. Yeah, the clients are saying that. Oh, wow. You guys are quick. I'll tell you, I wonder what happened to me. I used to be able to get this stuff. Yeah, you did. I'm desensitized. It's so cool when you when you notice you've been neutered and you no longer have opinions on things and you're like, yeah. I'll just sit here and absorb this this content. No, you know, here's the thing. Content to me has to be visually stimulating or funny to me, or like something I'm, you know, like trying to research. Or I, I don't care. I won't watch it. I just I flick through. All the time. I'm the king of going to Instagram. And you know, on the bottom of Instagram, Chris, where they have that little like magnifying glass and you can click it and it'll show like 30 different like things at one time. That's how my brain is. So I flick through pages. And I'll say, oh, that's a cool cabin or that's a cool what boat or a three wheeler or something cool that I like. And I'll click on it for a second, look at it. And if I like it, I follow it. And if I don't, I keep moving. And, you know, so my brain, I don't give myself the capacity to say Hey, I'm going to sit down for three hours and be entertained by this, this, you know, stuff. I'm going to add a little something to that last, that last meme. Um, I think it, it comes in with, why don't you show it one more time, Nick? There should be a limbo stick for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you get this situation and you're a realtor with your client, you obviously haven't done your job ahead of time because if they yeah. trust you and believe in you and know, you know what you're talking about. They're going to kind of go with you versus try to go against you. Mm -hmm. And um, so you kind of got to look at yourself and say, okay, hold on a minute. I must have not informed them enough to, for them to be able to know this. And don't blame your client. That's on you. You got to be able to get that client um, to the point that they're going to be successful and they believe and trust in you. Just a, an explanation on that. Uh, I mean, obviously, commission, real estate is a commission business. And uh, maybe the dollar amount probably seems high. But once everyone gets their hands in on it, it kind of gets uh, dis dissipates pretty fast. And so I think that is, you know, someone's counting on, oh, my gosh, I'm getting 3% of a million dollars. I'm getting 30,000. And when they get 8,000, you know, it's a it's kind of a oh. It hits. <laughs> oh, I, some of these teams, I don't know how they get agents to work for them. I mean, some of these teams that are out there, the real estate teams, they generate lots of leads and have lots of whatever for these agents. And they're more of a, like, I don't say a timeshare, but they're, they have a, a part in the role of being an agent. They're not a full agent that does everything. And they're getting paid, you know, 20% of the total commission. So 10 grand comes in in commission and they're getting like 2000 of it. 
And, and then on top of that, some of these teams, I don't know if you've seen this, Chris, are going after the consumer and charging like $1,800 admin fees and like $1,200 admin fees on top of it. So it's like, my golly, are they squeezing all the juice out of that, uh, that customer and, and uh, agent, but I don't know. I got this house for 20 grand and turned it into a duplex for a hundred bucks. Seller called me up and said, hey man, I moved three hours out of town. I let my cousin rent out my four bedroom house and now she's not paying and she won't leave. Take it off my hands for 20,000 bucks and you handled the mess. Say less, I've never signed a contract so fast in my life. And when we scheduled the walkthrough, we found four bedrooms, two baths, two kitchens, two sets of appliances, two furnaces, two ACs, and two gas and electric meters. All this thing needed to be a duplex, was a door. The door ran us about a hundred bucks at Menards. We don't shop at Home Depot in the Midwest. And the numbers are nuts. Check this out. We're onto this thing for a measly 25 grand rent ready. It's a monstrous 48% cap rate. We cash flowed this thing for one year and then flipped it for 110 for the quick 85 pop. What about zoning? Oh no, no, Chris. Yeah. That's not good internet content. That's true. You don't, you don't need that. talk about the details like that. You just talk about the up. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yep. That was the, that was a great deal. That was awesome. Well, how about the short-term capital gains that all those people get to pay too? What? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, if they're flipping it? No, they're going to hold it for 32 years and then have the renters pay for their, their place down in Mexico. If, if you actually had a 48% cap rate, I mean, well, well, come on, you would never sell that thing. You'd be looking for 10 more just like it. Yeah. Yeah. Paid off in a couple of years would be not too, not too shabby to be able to have stuff like that. But the thing that happened, I mean, I, I did that. I did all that stuff. And um, I had quite a few rental properties. And my whole point was, is that I was going to get them, pay them off. And then that would pay me, you know, money. But after you um, deal with maybe renters for a long time, you, you tend to get a little, not, not too, uh, not too friendly and there's repairs. There's people that don't pay, you know, rent there's um, upkeep. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that go into it. So thinking that you've got this place that's you're getting 2000 a month for, and when you finally pay it off, you're really not, I mean, you're maybe making a thousand a month when it all comes true. So it's like everything went in half and eventually I just said, you know what, forget it. I'm done. I'm getting rid of all of them. And the other thing was, is, for a tax shelter, because I mean, basically if you die with those, you've depreciated them over time, that that depreciation kind of goes in the big pot of things. And it's kind of a, you know, throw over the asset uh, that you have after you pass away. It's a good, it's a good way in which to be able to do it and to uh, save your family some money. And you're not paying money on the, on all the depreciation that you took. But it was, I mean, you just, and, and it's not that rentals are not a good thing. If you're handy and you're good with them and you just understand, you know, and don't look at things like that and believe that, you know, every deal is like that. Sometimes, hey, you'll get a great deal like that. And that's fantastic. But they're they're not all like that. So. No. That That's a great way to end it because it's it's so true. You, once you get into it, every once in a while you come across that deal. And like he said, pounce on it because it's, it's not often that in, in a market like tonight, especially where inventory is so tight. And if that seller in that situation would have said, hey, by the way, I'm just going to call a quick little real estate agent before I just sell to this guy I know 
and just ask them what it's worth, they would have got a lot more than 20000 for that place. And so to me, that was a little predatory in a way. Um, I felt that that person left money on the table. Um, we used to call that equity stripping. They keep renaming it, but it, uh, a lot of these flippers, you know, nowadays that say, well, I'm not a licensed real estate agent, so I don't have to have any integrity. I can pay whatever I want, whatever you'll sell it to me for. I don't understand how that's okay, though, too, because real estate agents, I have to sit there and go, hey, you're willing to sell it for 20, but it's really worth 80. And so why don't we sell it for 60, yeah. you know, and get them more money so they really know what they're doing. But it's okay for a contractor to steal it. So it's true. All right. So we had a, a big little event here in Minnesota. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on kind of the industry and when they do these events and they give out awards and, and so forth. So let me pull up this article here. It was a big night. Not More than me. 900 filled the room during Minnesota Real Estate Journal's 2023 awards. What are your guys' thoughts on this whole uh, area? Uh, first of all, what does a guy like Chris and I have to do to get invited to something like this? Because we didn't get invited. We got to sell commercial real estate. Ah, uh, yeah. So we don't we don't we don't do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think awards also come with little little badges and things you can put on your social media and, and pictures. And I think it really comes down to 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 money. You know, if you can quantify you know, your service was something that is tangible and it's uh, legit, you know, it, it can matter. I mean, it can matter to some people, you know, if you're in, you know, magazines, you know, a lot of the magazines are, you got to pay to be into those. But so, let me, let me throw this, let me throw this wrench in your, in your uh, sprocket for a second. So sure. you win all these awards, right. And you're wonderful and you've got a proven track record. Why does the consumer then go to Zillow and get a brand new agent that because they click the button will unlock the door and open the door for them? I think yeah. the consumer has been trained to click buttons, not click credibility. And I think it's, it's crap because if credibility mattered, people would chase the bigger agent or the agent that has the best experience or the, the best track record with consumer rating. Let the consumers rate the agents like, like, you know, every other industry that's out there and give them a score. And then say, yeah, this this agent scores over 500. That means they're a top-notch agent and, you know, best of their industry just by their scores from the consumer experience. And instead of just, I mean, when you're online, guys, and you're clicking and you say book a showing, you know that you're, I hope you know this, you're going to whoever's willing to pay to show you that house. And usually it's the people that have nothing else going on. And no, not, always, house. Yeah. not always, but most of the time it is. And the big teams don't send out their experience agents. They send out the one with the least experience because they want to give them experience. Yeah. The problem, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of that. And I think when you're talking about the clicking, you know, there's price points that differ on that. So it's mm -hmm. like, as the more, as the more sophisticated, maybe more educated, maybe more um, money that people are spending, it, it usually ends up that they're doing a lot more research into who's going to be selling and representing them. But let me ask you a quick question. At first substantial contact, what are you supposed to do? Talk about agency. Yeah. Okay. So when you click that button, why does it not talk about agency? Why is it not a law that says that, by the way, if you're under contract, you cannot show this house with this random agent, but you will be under contract with this agent to show this house. Well, not really. Why, not? why don't they have to play by the rules? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't do I don't those internet leads anyways, so I don't huh? know. 
I don't do those internet lead things. No, I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, why is the consumer on a consumer-based website? Why why are the watchdogs not protecting the consumer? It's like it's like they give this like all these websites that are out there these free rides to yeah, go ahead and click here, and then also you got seven lenders calling you. You have five real estate agents calling you, and it's like, why does that button not have a warning on it that says, by the way, when you click this as a consumer that's unrepresented, here's what you're gonna see. And they don't do that. I don't get it. And I don't know if my, my client was being, you know, kind of embellishing here, but he went um, and he, he got a loan. He got through his own lender. He went through and got the lender. And uh, he told me that he had 81 phone calls from other lenders once he uh, went for credit. 81 phone calls. Well, they can see that you signed for your credit. When you soft pull your credit, that's that's public knowledge. Yeah, but that's I mean, can you imagine that? Some of uh, our some of our software devices that we have um, that are available, like through um, Remax, they use that um, machine learning, and it literally will take where it kind of just watches, and then if somebody pulls their credit for a refi or you know what a life changing event, it'll identify that. It doesn't tell you why they're being identified. Because that's kind of against the privacy rules, but it'll tell you that hey, uh, this person in your database actually is potentially looking like a potential seller or a buyer, and this is you know, and they don't tell you why, but it's it's things that you're buying or things that you've maybe done a soft pull on your credit for uh, uh, you know for a refi or whatever, and so a lot of the technology that's out there too, and I and I I'm not telling you anything that you probably don't experience anyway. People sit around the dinner table and talk about a solo stove. And all of a sudden, the solo stove ad pops up in front of us. That That's by design, guys. And the same thing happens with real estate now. They're getting so smart where when you're searching for homes and all of a sudden, boop, you're on another website and you're, you know, city council, you're checking stuff out. And all of a sudden, boop, an advertisement comes up. And, and that's exactly what they're talking about. That's that's how they do all that. It's craziness. That's, maybe it's good. I don't know. Yeah. When you're sitting around talking about buying a new water heater and it all of a sudden it shows up on your Facebook. That's just, that's, that's horrible. I mean, that's, they're, Makes it they're easy. listening. They're listening. Makes it easy. Oh, they're totally listening. Ooh. You know, you do. You, hey, Rooney, Oh, Oh, you have the ability. They do have on these phones. I don't know if you've noticed this. They have these uh, power buttons right here. And Ooh. when you're done for the day, you can power down. Oh, wow. I'm going to check that out. You know, like when you're in the mall and you're walking and your phone just keeps ringing out loud, that, that also that same button, you can mute your uh, your ringer too. I had a real estate call at 1015 last night. Just saying. I would have slept through that one. Another one at 715 this morning. So, yeah, I can't. I got to start calling me at five. Yeah, I'm, they know I'm up early. Yeah, I know. they. This one does too. So, all right. What it. do we got? Agent MD. Give us that little thing again, Nick. Sorry. Look at that. Where is that? Oh, there we go. It's the doctors. We're here, Andy. And the t one thing we're going to talk about today is what we have been talking a lot about is realtors and agents and what uh, what stands in your way. And it's it to me. You got Can you see that, Andy? What stands in your way? And to me, it's obviously it's a mindset. It's your mindset is the one thing that stops you from doing what it what you are able to do and you know you're sabotaging yourself most of the time versus 
not being able to do business. And yeah. I think it's a bad, it's it's a bad thing. And you can get in that rut. I don't know if this happens with you, Andy, but I always have it if something goes wrong, you know, and thank God it's this is not super often, but it they stack on top of each other really quick. And it typically becomes because you're maybe down or you just got that like, oh geez, here we go again. And oh geez, are you kidding me? Oh no, that you know, and that's a that's a total mindset. And there's a there's a lot of ways I think you know in which to get around that. Number one, just don't let it in. Um, it's a thing that uh, actually the little little boy in Brazil taught me, and it was uh, manifestation and you know just taking time in which to be able to to relax and before like you go into a big listing you can say or any listing for that matter but you can just kind of use different words and i think that's a good thing for nick to kind of throw out here is just different ways in which to be able to do it um i've always i always saw from him from i don't i don't even know when it was but nick when was it maybe when did you start writing in the book your gibberish uh like when i was 19 yeah, was it 19? I thought it was in high school, but anyways, um, he he'll he'll write it down. So give give us some examples, Nick. Okay, I think everyone has problems with that inner voice, especially when it's a, a critic, and for you to just uh, be conscious of it and then try to switch it. For example, like when I go to practice, I say, you know, I will have an amazing practice. I will have an amazing practice, and I say that 15 times, and I say a couple other different ones just to kind of get you in the flow, get your head moving in the right directions. They say the, the thoughts become, um, you know, the words and the words become the actions, et cetera. And, but no, every day, I think it, it's great when you're in that like theta type uh, mindset where you're conscious and unconscious to start writing um, in, a, in a journal. And I do it 15 times, like 25 different ones. And so like, that's just like what my brain is like programmed to do in the morning. I definitely think it's worked. A lot of what I've written has came true, but you were saying before you go into listings, like you're you're just trying to kind of get your your brain right. Is that what you do, Chris? Yeah, I'll I'll say stuff like that. You know, I I'm a I'm the top agent, and I'm the best agent for this client. Something basically around that realm, and I'll just kind of keep saying it, and it does. It changes your mindset when you go in because it's it's confidence, and when you have confidence, no matter how long you've been in it, Andy, you know twenty. 20 some 25 years, whatever it is, you know, and you've sold a whole bunch of houses, but I mean, you still need to be kind of on the top of your game. And I think sometimes just throwing that out there right before you go in, it just kind of gets you right back into it. And, and then having the knowledge and, and knowing um, what you're selling and knowing more than what the, the seller knows or a buyer knows, because a lot of times the agents don't. I mean, there's who knows their neighborhood better, you or or um, me as the agent or the person that's living in that neighborhood. Well, they probably know it better. So I better know some other things on top of what they already know at, or at least know what they know. So I know that, I mean, I was just doing a market analysis in uh, on a house in Edina and I went on the MLS. And I'm like, oh, man, there's as much that sold. Well, then I went on the map coordinates and I always do this. I always go right down the line and see when the in the tax records when the last one sold three three on that street in the last six months sold off market now the seller would know that 
but most agents would not know that unless they went that extra route. And basically those extra sales, those three sales that nobody even knows about was the, the basis of my market analysis to be able to, you know, know that area as, as good or better. And there's two of those of the, of the three, two of them, they didn't know about. And so that was kind of interesting. I, uh, I just play Thunderstruck in my truck before I go into a meeting and it works out. There's something about that too. Do you really? I love it. Yeah. I, you know, my my thing is, is that I, I have to sometimes chill myself out a little bit because I come in kind of hot and uh, yeah, this, that, and I'm all, I, I literally have to go. So sometimes I actually have to slow down a little bit. Um, I've realized that my treadmill runs at a different speed than most of the world. Um, and, uh, but a hundred percent, everything that I say is based on facts. Just like you're talking about Chris. So when you rarely get that situation where you're like, Oh my gosh, Hey, you know, when you pull up all your online profiles and you, you, you'll see this, when you pull up new construction costs, you're going to see this, but here's your history that we've seen in this area, which will be based on an appraisable number. And here's where, you know, unfortunately, I think we're going to kind of lie. And that might be high or fortunate or unfortunate, but here's where the reality of it is. Now, you're the customer. You get to pick. Where Do we want to push the market a little bit or do you want to set it at market value, create event pricing? Let me promote the heck out of it. Get you more people looking at it, get more offers coming in. Or how do you want to do this? Because if you overprice it, you're going to get three showings and then we're going to have to reduce it. You know, it's it's a lot, a lot of its stream. Uh, that I, I like to use, and then uh, um, I just I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah. So I think that basically uh, is a very good thing to be able to stay on top of things from an agent standpoint. Be positive. Positive is I think number one, and thunderstruck along with that. Right, Andy from Champlin. <laughs> why, why do we not have that as our theme well, song? Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing. 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call. Send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. I love that car. All right, Geraldine Taylor, 94, lost her one bit. Oh, can you let me out? What's up? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, so old Geraldine, she lost her one-bedroom condo in Minneapolis, over 2300 in unpaid taxes with interest and penalties. Hennepin County then sold the apartment for forty grand and kept every penny. Her lawyers say the county violated constitutional protections against having property taken without just compensation and excessive fines. Supreme Court, uh, which hears the argument Wednesday, will decide. So... Minnesota is one uh, among roughly a dozen states in the District of Columbia that allowed local jurisdictions to keep the excess money. And then at least 8,950 8, homes were sold because of unpaid taxes. 
and the former owners received little or nothing in those states between 2014 and 2021. Pay your taxes. <laughs> Do I sound better to you guys? Yes. I uh, I unplugged, and so I didn't hear anything you said, but I'm sure it was fantastic. Well, I just I was just reading that article, and uh, and I'm just basically saying that you know they're saying Minnesota and a dozen other states take money from people if they haven't paid their taxes. Now keep in mind, taxes. I don't. I think tax forfeiture is over five years, so you haven't been paying for quite a long time, and you've probably gotten 700 notices up up until that time. You've probably gotten 50 people that are willing to come in and purchase your house um, to, so they could go pay off the tax lien for you and get you extra money. And yeah. so just to ignore it, and who knows if she ignored it. I mean, bless her. She's 94 years old. I mean, she probably didn't know. Maybe didn't even open her mail. I mean, you can see how that can happen. But I think to change the whole state and everything and <laughs> for one person that, uh, you know, wasn't able to do it, I mean, that. That to me just is is crazy. So, but pay your pay your taxes. You know you don't have tax forfeiture. Some people don't even know they have the property. They don't even know, and so they gets taken away. I mean, what's what's the state supposed to do? I'm actually sticking up for them. I can't believe it. But um, what are they supposed to do? Show show your walls T-shirt real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just I I don't uh, I don't know. I mean, do you have, what do you have? Any comments over there, Andy? You know, here's the deal. You signed up for taxes when you, when you signed up, when you bought the property, you agreed to it. You understand it. Everybody pays taxes. Basically like my, my old grandpa used to say, even if you pay cash or something, you're still going to be paying the taxes. So you always have expenses related to owning things. And so uh, that's, and that's forever guys. And so when you buy something, understand that, Hey, I'm going to buy this beautiful lake home, but it has $25,000 a year in lake taxes on there. Well, guess what? That isn't going to go down. It never goes down. It's going to stay there and it's only going to go up. So you, you just need to really be smart about, you know, especially if you're older and, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear what kind of a condo she had or whatever, but you also just like payments. If you owe a mortgage, just because they can't find you doesn't mean you don't owe on the mortgage. You know what I mean? Or you move and decide, oh, hey, I'll hide. Um, you know that you owe that mortgage payment. You know that you owe those taxes. You know that you owe the association, their association fees. And so by acting like you don't have to pay it is crazy to me. And there's, you know, there's penalties and interest that I might, you know, fight over because that's some of that stuff's crazy. But I've also known people that have had tax liens against them, against their property for a couple hundred thousand dollars and have settled for five to 10 grand. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's one of those things that I mean, you just got to pay attention within that five years before they try to take it away from you. And I just don't. I just don't think that, um, I mean, you, you got to, if you're responsible enough to own, own something, you got to know that you've probably been paying taxes for a long time. So, I, I, I laugh because my mother-in-law, she, she's down in Florida and she says, well, she goes, I guess I could come back and start mowing grass and paying taxes again. Yeah. <laughs> That's all she does, yeah. mow grass and pay taxes. What? Oh, she doesn't pay taxes in Florida? Oh, yeah, but not much. Okay, okay. She pays. You just got to stay there, Chris. Federal. A little over six months, I think, and then you're technically a Floridian. Six months of the day, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you all have right. a whole different tax rate. 
here's a new home for you, Andy. I know exactly where this home is. This is right across from, uh, that's a cool looking house and it's super, it's on acreage. I know that, but um, it. Uh, that's the old Canada state, isn't it? It sits across from, uh, no, this is, I think, I don't know, but it's right across from the Lafayette, the club. It's wow. nice. Yeah, Bones. Yeah. Um, what is it, 11 million? Wow. 11 million. But I mean, three, eight, is it, how many acres? Is it three? Three, four oh, acres? Look at that. At the end. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think that was. Doesn't that look, doesn't that look at that uh, big island or whatever? It looks at the Lafayette Club, like the. Ah. Where the Lafayette is. And it's close to Fletcher's. It's kind of in the. Gotcha. Pretty sure. Yeah, I know. I've seen this house on the lake. So. That's very cool. But yeah, real fun. That's that. I mean, is that like uh, what you'd find on the East Coast or what? Yes. Kitty Bunkport. I love that name. Fun. Yeah. That's really cool. Really fun. I mean, that's. Ooh, I'd be curious who, who owned that property. I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. That's where I go down. A, you ever talk about going to a rabbit hole? My God. You start going around the lake and clicking on like the on the county records, and you're just I'm doing my research or whatever. And all of a sudden, you start click, click, click. I was like, oh my god, that's professional athlete, whoever, you know. Yeah, yeah. and then some people have never even heard of it. They're like, you know, family money or just own a, or whatever. I mean, own own seventeen um, canes chicken stores. You know. Yeah, it's crazy. That's how we'd like to make our money, chicken stores. Yeah, Nick, what was that? What was that address? I'm gonna, I'm gonna find Andy. I'm gonna find his, uh, the owner of this place. Do I have to look? I'm, I'm a. No, we don't know where. No, I'm not getting an address. Uh, I'm guessing a female walked by his room. Yeah, no, I think he's, I think he's awake. Let's see. Maybe nope. he won't. He won't give me an. Oh, there it is. 1655. All right, we're gonna get this for you, Andy. Thank you. You want to play Thunderstruck while you're Googling? Drum roll, please. And the owner is. Oh, I know this name. Otten. How do we know that name? Otten Brothers, maybe the nursery? No, it's uh I know her his uh daughter, the fitness. They own a bunch of the fitness ones, 24 set or they own a bunch of fitness centers. Oh, oh, oh really? Okay. Nice. Yeah, in class with her. I think that's uh, the, the Bottom family. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Very cool. Nice place. Nice place. A lot of money in treadmills. A lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are we doing? What's next? Andy, the home next to your lot on Pilgrim's Point is featured on. The Viking Land Parade of Homes. Actually, there's two of them, Greg. There's one on each side of me. So I'll be out there selling lemonade all weekend. Do you have your do you still have your camper on there? Or your no, tent? no, they uh the police came in and took it. Um okay. I was shirtless. There's a good video online about it. Um and uh running around on my dirt bike. Woo! Oh. No, so these are new uh, homes. We don't have they got their own parade of homes up there. Well, they have six houses. Okay. Yeah. You try What's to the price point? What's like the price point like, up there? I want to know uh, what Andy spent. It, it starts at about $350 a square foot is what I would say. 
Okay. It's unreal. The prices, I, I I used to think small town, you'll have very affordable pricing. It's the opposite. It's almost twice the price per square foot that we can build for in the cities. Hmm. Wow. Facts. Yeah. But you'll, you'll go up there and you'll look at houses where you're like, oh, this has to be a $500,000 house and it's a million. It's crazy. Not good. All right. You're on mute again, Nick, I think. Yeah, I think that wraps up uh, our show today, but it sounds like the coming shows we're going to have some more guests, finally. We, I don't know. If just, someone wants to talk with us, they certainly Nick, can. we've explained to you. Nobody wants to talk to us. Nobody wants they to talk with us. Affiliate with us. It, it, uh, you don't can we clear this with legal? You got to get people to listen first, Andy. That's number one. I, I, uh, I believe people listen. Oh, you don't. Okay. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, I hear someone makes, fun of, makes fun of me. Eight o'clock in the morning. Or they're busy getting ready for work or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get awesome. it. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully, look for some changes. You, it's coming. Just like Deion Sanders, it's coming. We're coming. Hey, everyone else, make sure you click on our link tree. Got all our websites, every different platform we're on. If you leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, subscribe to the YouTube, and uh, send in any of your questions. So have a great day, guys. And You too, bud. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.